this is the Data Privacy Detective. Today, our focus is mobility and data privacy, your privacy. Mobility, getting in a car and driving, being on a bus, it could be anything while we're mobile. And we probably don't think about the privacy aspects of that. And we have two great guests with us today that are going to help us uh, get on a tour of mobility and data privacy. And my guests today are both with the firm of Demo. Demo is an open platform that connects data producers like cars and consumers, including applications and businesses, to unlock next generation mobility services, as well as other uh, IoT uh, things, Internet of Things that we live in, uh, certainly that world. And today, our, our two guests are Yevgeny Kaysen and Andy Chatham. Yevgeny, thank you uh, for joining us today. To, uh, Yevgeny, you're the founder and the CTO, Chief Technology Officer of Demo. And Andy, you are a co-founder of, of Demo. And uh, uh, I welcome, welcome both of you to our program today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Well, it's truly my pleasure. Thanks for having us. It's important stuff. Uh, so let me start with this question to you. And Andy, I'll turn this one to you. Well, how do people, individuals, and vehicles get connected while we're mobile? Well, there's a variety of different ways this happens today. And one thing that you can be sure of is that it's increasingly common for a car or a bus that you're riding in to be continuously connected to the internet. This started in the early 2000s when GM rolled out OnStar for the first time. And at that point in time, it was really cars sending you know, basically the equivalent of text messages back to a server reporting in every once in a while. And now you have a situation where modern vehicles like Teslas or Rivian cars, most of the new cars coming off the line from even legacy OEMs like Ford and GM have systems in them that um, have multiple camera systems, lots of other types of sensors, both inside and outside of the car that are aggregating data and streaming it back to central servers uh, you know, somewhere connected to some company um, for, for basically almost almost every um, new vehicle that, that's out there. And oh, I've heard that Tesla, for example, had uh, you know the rear view mirror was looking at us too. Are we falling asleep? I mean, it's, it's kind of come to that. Am I right? Yeah, as these cars get more advanced and there are more capabilities that are you know purely based on software that requires additional data collection. So if you're going to have an automated driving system in a car, you need to be collecting some data about the occupant of that vehicle to make sure they're not asleep or on their phone when they're supposed to be paying attention to the road. And so, you know, all of these advances have come with pretty substantial trade-offs in terms of privacy and mostly in in my perspective, and I think you have, you have shares in this as well, is that this is relatively unnecessary. And, and a lot of it is due to some of the technical choices that are made um, and, and the business model choices that are made by the companies developing these technologies. And um, you know that's something that we've dedicated a significant amount of time to, to trying to correct and, and to you know really make it something that's a lot more user-focused as far as how these technologies roll out and what problems they're actually solving for people while also maintaining their privacy. Yeah. So whether it's a car, or a bus, or an airplane, for that matter, the the, devi the device itself is collecting things. In addition, we may have our smartphone in the car and other ways that we're connected while we're mobile. Well, let me turn to you, Yev. Uh, what privacy concerns does does this raise? 
That's a great question. And I'm going to rephrase it a little bit in the context of data ownership. And uh, there's an example that came up a few months ago uh, with one major automaker where a woman had her car stolen with a toddler inside and she had to, she was trying to share the location of the vehicle, which is connected through a connected service with the police and the you know fire to try and track down the vehicle. And the situation of getting resolved by the police department purchasing a stolen vehicle tracking, which is a base feature that she actually had in her app. She could basically see where the car was, but she couldn't share the location. And, you know, as we build out these connected vehicle systems, I think it's a great question. You know, why do you have to subscribe to be able to share your vehicle that you purchased for, you know, what is now an average price of over $40,000? Why does the manufacturer a year or two years in, you, know, you still need their permission to just share the share your basic data that you own from your car. Back to Andy's point, as these vehicles become self-driving, we're seeing now most of these manufacturers taking a, we're not responsible for anything that happens, but we own all the data. And that puts them in the best position, obviously, where they have all the data, but they can choose not to share it because they supposedly own it all. And well, that's if side, I may, uh, you've got you really that's really kind of how Facebook started with claiming whatever you post on Facebook, well, post as much as you want, but we own the data, and a lot of people have no idea that's good. Now, that's changed within Facebook, but you're saying that's kind of you, privacy in a way starts with who owns the data, right? That, exactly, exactly. With without defining whose data it is, it's very hard to address the privacy issues surrounding it. And then, of course, you'd have the privacy issues of uh, there's a woman driving to a, a health clinic uh, to consider her pregnancy options. Well, that, you know, most women want to keep that very private and uh, don't blame them one bit. Uh, but uh, who owns that data? The car could be telling what address she uh, stopped at. So a lot of privacy concerns built into uh, Mobility here. Well, 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 tell us, and let me uh, turn this one back to Andy, but I'll ask you both to talk about it. Well, so what, how does Demo get involved here? What does Demo do to help address these uh, privacy concerns and, and risks? So our, our approach is that we, we want to make it as easy as possible for the owners of vehicles, whether that's an individual or a fleet owner, to collect their own data and then decide what to do with it. And we think that step is necessary because it changes the business model of how companies that might want to access that data have to interact with the user. And up until today, the OEMs or you know other vehicle other companies that are involved with with collecting vehicle data have had a business model that basically encourages them to hoard all of it themselves and then try to sell it out the back door to other companies. And you know whether that's an insurance company or a government or you know another automaker or you know somebody else in in that world it really doesn't benefit the user directly ends up compromising their privacy and and ultimately prevents people from actually building useful things with the data and so our, our approach is that we allow people we, we've you know created an app and a, and a whole platform and network that allow people to onboard any vehicle and connect it if you have a car that already has an internet connection we can at least allow you to save a copy of the data from that car and then use it with a variety of different services where instead of having to give access to your entire history and all of your location data and driving data, you can just give access to what the application actually needs and 
provision, you know, that very fine grained level of of access that's needed to protect your privacy and and also to you know have a healthy relationship with with whoever it is you're transacting with, whether it's you know a mechanic or an insurance company or you know your local government. And so we've put those pieces in place and and you know have a system that that works quite well as far as onboarding the cars go. And and twenty five thousand vehicles are, are connected after um, less than a year of, of the system being fully online. And now we're starting to see people come, um, you know, businesses and individual developers show up and start to build applications on the network because they realize the value of having a direct relationship with the user that respects their privacy and allows them to accomplish whatever business goal they have with the data without having to um, you know sort of buy it in a in a kind of like sneaky way that that isn't really something that you know their their actual customer really wants. Right, and it's quite I mean an automaker is not Google. Uh, Google uh, has reasons it wants to collect data and then use that data to make money through advertising and other things, but Car makers are in it to sell cars, and so if they want to be privacy centric, uh, they can really empower the the buyer of the vehicle, the user of the vehicle, to be in charge of where they want their data shared. That's that's what I'm I'm, I'm learning uh, from what you've just said. Yeah, what would you add to what Andy uh, told us? The only thing I think I can add is just you know how we're doing it, which I think is an innovation that more companies should be taking a look at, uh, especially with mobility data being complex in its nature, right? It's, you, we can't just say it's all the users. Some of the manufacturer does need some performance data so they, you know, can prevent a recall or prevent some issue from having the city needs this data. But our take on it is we're using a smart ledger for this. So what we're basically allowing is every application or any user that's accessing the data to be listed as part of the vehicle's identity. And that allows uh, the user to basically go and see who exactly has access to their data, right? And right. which parts of the data somebody has access to, which I really yeah. think is the future of, of privacy, of being able to see exactly who and where is my data being used more so than trying to, I think, lock it down. We can never go backwards. Right. And without getting into the technical details, revealing any proprietary information. Do you pseudonymize or anonymize the data? Is that part of it? Uh, double encrypted or, uh, you know, what, what's the basic uh, technique if a user uh, doesn't want to give all the data to the maker, but certainly allow a car maker to get basic information so that the uh, if the tires need air, you know, they'll find out and maybe send a signal. Yep. So we'll, So the way we do this is by allowing the user to be very specific in terms of which data points they want to share. And we also use cryptography, public keys to be able to correlate the data access given to the identity of the data access for. Excellent. Well, let's turn to two uh, final uh, tips as we take this tour of mobility. And let me let me uh, turn to you, Andy, on this one. Uh, it may be more broadly for IoT, but we're focused on mobility today. But I think your your answers would be quite similar to the producers of uh, products and services, car makers and so on in the mobility space. What are your top tips to them about avoiding privacy risks and why they really should be doing that as part of uh, what they do? Companies, I think, are increasingly realizing that consumers have access to more information about their products than ever before. And it's very easy to get that information directly from the source. And so rather than trying to obfuscate or you know wave their hands over any of these complicated issues around things like privacy or you know even safety which is extremely important with vehicles they they need to 
instead, you know, really focus on being transparent and open and allowing people to make the right decision based on the information that they have and, and making sure that they're not, you know, trying to hide any anything really. Um, and, and so, you know, automakers took this approach over the last few years, which I, I think it seems like they're kind of moving away from now around, you know, trying to monetize the data by by sort of like tricking the user to opt in to letting them sell it with these you know complicated terms of service and and we've seen some of the more forward thinking automakers move away from that and actually start to create tools that allow users to share the data from their vehicles with whatever whatever kind of application or service they want directly from their vehicle without having to go through some you know proprietary OEM server that the car is always continuously connected to and so i think giving people that level of choice even if it's you know they're still providing the default option is very important and also continuing to be as transparent as possible about what type of data is collected where it's stored what's available you know to third parties for access who who you know who who can ultimately access it and then of course if there's a breach or an incident like being being upfront and transparent about that and that would be a really great first step i think and and one of the biggest things that's clear about the automotive world is that the connectivity products are are very much part of the purchasing decision and the experience for users. And there's a very large percentage of users that that really understand and care about the privacy implications of those features. And so, you know, I think you're going to start to see companies like Tesla that have been innovating in terms of the quality of the product and and you know delivering a lot of features because it's connected to the internet start to really incorporate privacy, like you've seen you've seen Apple start to do in in their you know leading edge products and. And um, that, that's something that I think is increasingly quite important about mobility just because of the, the nature of the data that's collected. Yeah. So instead of the kind of opt-out approach, which American regulation has, has taken for many years, although there are now 12 states that have their own codes and it may be beginning to get a little closer to the European model, you're saying build that in up front at the time of purchase, at the time of acquiring or leasing a vehicle. And that empowers the purchaser to feel good about the privacy that will be enjoyed inside the car. Yeah. And I think ultimately that will be a really great business decision as well, because what we've seen is developers are very excited to, you know, giving the user the option of where to send their data opens up a lot of alternatives for third parties to come in and build new products and services versus trying to like keep it all yourself and, and hoard it away. And so when you give users the choice, it then allows other people to come in and create better and more efficient products and markets and services for things that that require the data. And, and there can be a lot healthier relationship where users feel like they're actually getting something for giving up some of their data and privacy. And it, it's more of a fair exchange rather than something that's just kind of being taken away from them without their consent. Right. Well, yeah, let me turn to you. What, what, what are your top tips to people, to individuals about privacy? while we are mobile or when we're acquiring a vehicle? I think there's a couple of things regular people can do. So one thing is, you know, always check uh, to your to your best ability, the terms and conditions of what you're signing up for. A lot of the data sales that are happening today are actually hidden in something during onboarding that you are agreeing to with uh, you know, automotive IoT. And, you know, if your car is not connected, then just disabling your location sharing with Google is uh, one very simple way. But um, one thing that I've been doing personally is looking at which companies are operating in the EU markets as well. Uh, because of the, let's say, better privacy regulations they have there, it does translate into a better product that we can start enjoying today here 
while we wait for our region to kind of come up to speed to where it should be. That's a very important tip because, of course, part of the GDPR, the Ukraine Union approach to things, it's partly based on privacy by design, kind of upfront consent, upfront buy-in, uh, upfront opt-in. That's part of what Demo is trying to uh, offer to uh, the vehicle makers and offering to consumers. Sure Andy, is. anything you'd add to what you have said as we conclude this tour of mobility and data privacy? I think the most important thing is I've seen a big shift for consumers in terms of you know demanding this from companies, and and I think you're doing a great job of you know pushing forward that narrative. And you know I, I really think that it's one of those things that you know average people can make a difference in, in in terms of their purchasing decisions, but also you know their interactions with with these companies. And you know especially as one of the things I think the average person probably doesn't realize is the extent to which all all of the new cars coming off the line have six, seven, eight cameras, you know, pointed outside and inside the vehicle. And, you know, I think there's there's a real opportunity for us as a society to say, hey, like the, the data from those those cameras should really not um, be sort of universally accessible by the OEM of that vehicle forever. And, you know, making some, you know, drawing some lines in the sand and, and that's just one specific example. But I, I think there's a real opportunity for people who are out in the marketplace purchasing something like a car to make it just, you know, part of their decision process and to to understand what they're getting themselves into and, and what steps they can take to at the very least take ownership over the data and have their own copy. And in, in the ideal case, you know, be the sort of sole owner of that and, and fully in control. Well, we all have a choice if it's on the lot about what color a car can be, but what might be more important is uh, how that car is gonna affect our privacy. And thanks for taking us on this tour of mobility and data privacy. As always, listeners, I will remind us, protecting your personal privacy begins with you.